presence of the Lord is here. We're so excited tonight to have Brother Shad Holly with us. So excited. He's no stranger to this church, and so I trust he will preach like he's at home and take his liberty in the Holy Ghost. Why don't we give a hand clap of praise unto the Lord and welcome Brother Shad Holly as he comes. Praise the Lord, everybody. Anybody love Jesus? Can we put our hands together all over this place? <laughs> I do come tonight, come to you with a burden. I leaned over and told Pastor Hideball, I don't, I don't remember. It's been a long time. I don't remember being fought this hard about a message but that's all right we're gonna we're gonna sing in the midst of our storm the devil's mad See, the, the devil's mad the enemy's mad and he is defeated we have victory in Jesus name and although that we're not running the aisles and clapping and dancing and we certainly believe in those things the spirit of the Lord is thick in this place and he is going to heal some lives tonight do you believe that can we raise our hands one more time oh oh thank you Jesus oh desperate for revival so desperate for revival, Jesus. Oh, in your Bibles, please, Psalms 133. I love this church so much. I was here in August, October the 25th, and tonight, and that is such a blessing to me. I love you all so much. I give honor to Pastor Hideball, and uh, he's my friend, and I may preach a little bit more about it here in, in just a moment but uh, it was your pastor see the way that this pandemic is gone and, and uh, uh, the way our church services are set up there's a lot of times I'm able to watch you all on Sunday nights and what a blessing that's been and I believe it was last Sunday night the Lord dropped this message in my spirit and Man, I'm telling you, it's just been like all hell has been fighting. So I said, I'm not going to touch that. Then your pastor last Sunday night talked about loving our brothers and our sisters and growing in our relationship and uh, what confirmation. And then Wednesday night, then Wednesday night, my pastor in Zanesville he pulled out from this very scripture that we're going to read here tonight. So I got confirmation twice. I do believe 
that this word is ordained for us tonight. Is that okay? Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. Everybody say brothers, sisters. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Everybody say together. In unity. Everybody scream unity. Ha <laughs> it sounds good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the uh, beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. Everybody say the blessing. And life. Everybody say life forevermore. Can I read that first verse one more time? Behold, you want to know what's good and what's pleasant? Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. For just a few moments, the Holy Ghost is going to do its work. I'm going to preach from this subject. We are brothers. We are brothers. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are brothers. Now, if you're a sister, you can say sisters. Behold how good and how pleasant it is. Everybody say, we are brothers. Could we lift up our hands one more time in the presence of the Lord? God, you're great and greatly to be praised. It's not by might, not by might, but by your spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Unify us in this place tonight. <laughs> the precious saints that are gathered together here tonight, unify us, Jesus. Let healing flow in the name of Jesus. Let healing flow in the name of Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. May clap your hands as you're seated tonight. In Jesus' name. Can I testify? Can we just get this out of the way? I'm a one God. You can testify to this too. I'm a one God apostolic. Anybody glad you're apostolic? Tongue talking. Born again. Heaven bound. Believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I said we are brothers tonight. Anybody glad you're Pentecostal? We're Pentecostal in experience. Anybody glad you're apostolic? We're apostolic in doctrine. We are children of the Most High God. Everybody shout, we are brothers. Clap your hands like that's your testimony right now. In the middle of the storm, I'm going to sing my song a little bit louder. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Rising, he justified me. 
freed me forever. One day he's coming back. Jesus is coming back soon. Anybody looking for the return of Jesus Christ? I don't know how long we have here on earth, but I do know that we are still living under mercy. And as long as you have breath, there is hope for you. There is new life for you. Up from the ashes, hope will rise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout we are. Brothers, feels good in the house of the Lord tonight. Let's talk about Saul and David. Saul was appointed. David was anointed. Saul looked the part and acted the part, but David was the part. It could be said that David was a man after God's own heart. And as the deer begins to pant after the water brook, David's soul began to hunger and to thirst after God and after the things of God. It was David that was the only one that I can find in Scripture that was called a man after God's own heart. And, and David was a friend of God. And, and I can just hear that prayer that David prayed. And you want to know the two components of revival? I'm so desperate for revival. I believe that we are on the verge of the greatest harvest we have ever seen. And it's going to happen right here in this church. You believe that? The two greatest components of revival is prayer. Everybody say prayer. prayer. And unity. Everybody say you got to love your brother. You got to love your brother. It was David. I could hear him pray this prayer. The Lord is my shepherd. And as long as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. And I don't know about you, but I've been on this restoration kick. I believe that you haven't messed up so bad that the Lord, there's not enough, there is so much mercy. You haven't done something so bad that you can't come into this house and make it right with God and have life. I command blessing. I command life. Somebody shout, we are. Brothers. He is a Lord that restores. It was Saul. He looked, the Bible said he was head and shoulders above everybody else. And, and uh, he was the right man for the job. And a uh, handsome man. Now, you won't find me uh, telling another man that they're handsome. I'm just not going to do it. But the Bible says he was, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. And he looked the part. And he was smart. And he was wise. And, and they anointed him. He was the first king of Israel. And uh, But Saul, there come, there come a time in his life and, and ego got in the way and, and he thought that he didn't have to depend on God anymore and, and he could do this thing all by himself and, and uh, we're in a dangerous place when, when we, we can't be so saved that we don't remember what the Lord saved us from anybody glad he brought me out of the miry clay he set my feet on the rock to say I don't want to be so saved. I forget where the Lord brought me out of. Anybody saved and anybody sanctified in this place? What kind of church is this? It's a sanctified church. 
I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I have a testimony. And Saul, he, he thought he could do it on his own. And, and Saul, we know, he wanted to do it his way or the highway. And that's a dangerous spot we can be in. And, and, and the Lord, you know, is like, <laughs> I'm going to remove my presence from you, Saul. And it's not about you. It's not about me. This is not my church. This is not your church. This is the church of the living God in the last days. Ye are the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. And I believe that during this great revival, during this last great revival and this great harvest that we're about ready to, to, to see and experience, and we're going to have some folks come in that are not going to look like us. They're not going to act like us. They're not going to have the same color skin as us. Uh, but because we are brothers, we can change a whole community. This church right here. Somebody shout, we are brothers. They may come in here and they may smell bad and they may be from the other side of the tracks, but, but, but the kingdom of God is for whosoever will. And, and, and it was David that always had that heart that was always pointed and, 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 and reaching toward the cross or reaching toward God. That's what made David a man after God's own heart. David messed up bad. David committed adultery and, and David committed murder. And yeah, he did some cool things. He was mighty in battle and, and uh, he killed a bear and a lion with his bare hands. And that just amazes me. And, and you're talking about strength and, and, uh, and, and it was the God inside of him. It was, it was the God that he served and, and, uh, and I'll be the first to admit we can't, we can't make it on our own and there's going to be some days that we don't feel like coming to church but uh, we, don't, we don't praise God based on our feelings. We base God on our faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. Somebody shout his word. So I'm amazed at the strength that David, and, and uh, it wasn't him, and, and, uh, but he walked with God. He was anointed king. Samuel went to, Samuel went to Jesse's house, and, and he said, the Lord instructed me. You know, you know the, the, the next king of Israel is going to come from your house. Do you have any boys? Do you have any sons? And Jesse, you know, beaming, he said, I sure do. I have seven or eight of them boys, you know. He brought the first one in, and that first, that first kid, I mean, I mean, he looked at, he looked the part. He, he, he dressed the part and, and he looked good and his resume was good but Samuel said no I'm sorry it's not him and, and uh, he said well you have another son and went down through the line and, and uh, uh, none of Jesse's sons he said, he said I know the Lord Samuel's talking I know the Lord instructed me to come to your house and anoint the next king of Israel he said do you have any more boys and, and he said well yeah as a matter of fact he's kind of ashamed of David because it was believed uh, it was believed that David you know he was he was an illegitimate child if you will and uh, you know we're just I, I'm not proud of him I'm not going to claim him Oh, David was out in the field and he was out, you know, tending the sheep. And, and uh, you know, I, I imagine Jesse just like, what in the world? What does, what does Samuel want to do with, with, with David? He is not, you know, he, he, why, why couldn't he pick my other sons? And, and they look good. Why does he want David? And, and uh, he called for David to come in the living room. And Samuel said, yes, that's the one. And he anointed David, the next king 
of Israel right there in Jesse's living room. And, and I want to bring you some hope tonight. And, and yes, there's some people that, that look better than us and, and may dress better than us and, and may have more than us. But, but don't you get discouraged. God doesn't call us based on what we look like or where we come from. God calls. God does the qualifying. God does the calling. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you're from. God does the choosing. David was anointed. The problem is, the problem is with David. David, you know, he sent him. They anointed him. And uh, it's all about the oil. Say it's all about the oil. It's all about the anointing oil. And, uh, you know, they mixed the, the myrrh and the cinnamon and, and uh, uh, all the mixtures. And they mix it up. And, and, and they anointed David. And the Bible says in Psalms 133, in our scripture text, you know, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. It's one thing to dwell together. Well, don't you know, brother, that, that once we get the Holy Ghost, then we'll get along with our brother. No, it doesn't work that way. Read Acts chapter number 2. We're supposed to assemble together and we're supposed to dwell together in unity. I'm telling you, you want to know what will make the Spirit fall? You want to know what will make the Spirit fall faster than anything? Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren when you get together, when you get lined up under the bowl so the oil can flow when you listen to pastor when you're submitted to pastor I know submission it's a it's a bad word I've been on the word submission too people I mean they cringe oh it's a bad word it's not a bad word it's all about obedience and and your pastor is he is submitted to God we are submitted to him and uh, he God has given us pastors to, to share understanding about the word and and to feed us the word and and uh, you know I I've given you pastors, you know, to feed my sheep. Everybody say, feed my sheep. That's what David was doing. It's all about the anointing oil. It was like the ointment that ran down on top of, of, top of Aaron's head and, and all the way down his beard, and it saturated his clothes. And, and uh, well, wh why? I mean, the Lord's trying to show us, has painted a picture for us, that the anointing oil, that's how good and how pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. That's when the anointing comes. That's when the anointing comes. And, and when they would when they would anoint that king and that priest back in the day and when they would anoint that man and anoint that lady and, and it had such an aroma. It changed the whole smell. It changed the whole atmosphere of where they were anointed. And I want to tell you tonight that this is such a special place. Yeah, you love the word of God. You come in here and you praise God with all that you have. I commend you. I love coming here. You know why? Because you respond so well to the word of God. You're not responding to me but you're responding to the man of God who got the word from God. He's going to feed his sheep so that you can make it to heaven. It's all about the oil changing the atmosphere. I'm so glad I don't go to a, a dry church and a dead church and a, and a dried up church and I have to look at the name of the, of the church Truth Tabernacle. 
tabernacle, apostolic church. I don't have to look at the sign to tell what kind of church you are. All I have to do is come out, come out of that pastor's office and come down here and people have got their hands lifted. People's got their hands raised. People's got their mouths open and, and crying out to God and giving God praise. It was David that said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. No matter what was going on in David's life, he said, this is a command. I didn't write this. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Could we stand all over this building and give God praise for a minute? God's attracted to our praise. God's attracted to our worship. Let everything that hath breath, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Lift up your hands. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Be seated just for a moment. If you have a need, that's what we got to do is we got to get God lifted up. If you have a need in this building, if you're struggling, that's all you got to do is you got to praise and worship God. We were all created to worship somebody. And uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And, and there, we've only got two choices. We're either going to praise God and, and hate the devil or we're going to worship mammon and hate God. And I don't know about you. You don't want to stand before an angry God. I come into this house and he's such a great God. He saved me. He delivered me. He's such a merciful God. Everybody say, we are brothers. David, no matter what was going on in his life, David was a worship leader. David made serious mistakes, but the prophet, the prophet went to David. He's like, here's what you've done. You know what David did? He didn't try to fight back and say, oh, and try to get out of it. He owned it. And if we could just be honest with ourselves tonight and when we pray for God, we're not hiding anything from God. And, and what image are we trying to protect? We're not trying to protect an image. God knows our heart. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. He knows. He knows all about us. But all he's looking for is us to be honest. If you're struggling, if you're struggling with something, if you're struggling with pride, just tell him. If you're struggling with lust, just tell him. Whatever it is you're struggling with, it was David, his knees hit the ground. He laid before God on the face of the earth and, and on the ground and uh, he cried and began to repent. Oh God, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. You have not made any mistakes that God will not wrap his arms of love you around you, love around you, and baptize you with mercy. There's sweet mercy, and there's grace in this place. The scripture in 2 Timothy, now we're getting to the good stuff. And these end times, perilous times are going to come. Men are going to be lovers of themselves, going to love pleasure more than they love God and the things of God. And it lists a whole bunch of things. And uh, it says unthankful. You know why people are so unthankful? We're so, we're so, we're so deceived sometimes. And, and the devil wants us to concentrate on our loss 
and what we don't have instead of what we do have. And uh, that can discourage some people. And, and uh, when David, when he was anointed, you know, he didn't, get, he didn't go straight to the pulpit. He went back out and tended to sheep. And sometimes when the man of God comes through here, pastor prophesies over you or gives you a word from the Lord, and, and uh, uh, you know, you're all gung-ho, thank you, I know it's from God. But when it don't happen in two weeks, we get discouraged. We are, we are deceived by that enemy. And uh, he's, he's always in our ear trying to, trying to yak and, and discourage us and make us despondent. The Bible says that David was... In a slew of despondency, he was in a cave, felt like he was all alone. And I don't know if you feel like you're all alone tonight because of this pandemic, because of fear, because of sickness. I don't know what your situation is, but I do know that God is greater than our fear. I do believe that, that you're not in that cave all alone if we could change our mindset. Oh, if God be for us, who can be against us? So David... So David, you know, the Bible says that in 2 Timothy that, that we're going to be unthankful, unholy, and, and uh, 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 no godliness, you know, and um, have a form of godliness, but, but you know, denying the power thereof. And, and immediately we, all, we automatically think about our apostolic identity. And uh, uh, it's not about, the, I believe in some stuff. And, and, and there's some stuff that I believe in, but, 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 but God is really, really trying to get us and focus attention on what, what is holiness. And uh, what, what is, when you think about holiness, it's, it's God's nature. It's his, it's his attribute. That's, that's who he is. And my Bible tells me that God is love. And it doesn't do a bit any, it doesn't do us any good sometimes when we, when we adhere. And, and do all these things on the outside. And I'm not stepping over my boundary. I'm not going to preach what the pastor's supposed to preach. And, uh, but if our heart's ugly, we just had that conversation in the office. And, and it was David that his heart was always pushing and looking toward God. And it's a heart issue. And, and how many times and, and we come into this place and, and the least little bit thing, you know, try to get into our heart and, and we are offended. Offended. I've been in church all my life and, and uh, I used to think church hurt was just, just the silliest thing. I just, it, you know, it's just crazy. How could anybody be, you know, not be full of the Holy Ghost and, and church? I just thought it was silly. And until I started raising a family, until I got discouraged, until I got offended, and then it wasn't so silly. And then, and then it wasn't so, you know, I was like, maybe this is is real, but 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 was it a sin problem? And uh, not that I know of, but but you can have a problem and it not be sin. Sometimes it's just this good old carnality, this carnal flesh that gets in our way and not everything's a sin problem and we want to give the enemy too much credit and uh, when it's our own stinking flesh and, and uh, I become offended I was offended and uh, let that get in my spirit and it wasn't a sin problem but it was a prayer problem and uh, instead of hitting my knees and, and praying to God and asking God to, you know, to forgive that person and, and help me to forgive that person I carried that um 
unforgiveness around for way too long. But in 2017, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, you know, my health was deteriorating. And, and I come into the church house and, yeah, I would clap my hands and, and I would jump and I could still preach. But, but the oil wasn't flowing. But as soon as I laid that unforgiveness down at the altar, as soon as I got rid of that bitterness, as soon as I allowed the Lord to cut that bitterness and that hate and that junk that I've been carrying around for so long, the oil began to flow. Somebody shout the oil. The devil, the enemy, he knows he can't get me to go out and run around on my wife and, and to drink and do drugs. He knows he can't do that stuff. And he, and he knows he can't do that to you. So where does he try to hit you at? He tries to hit you at your heart. Oh, they don't love you. Uh, they're not, you're, not, you're not good enough for that church. And my brother, that, that guy didn't even speak to me. And, and, uh, and you know, and, and, and please don't let politics get in this church. This church is a special place. And, and you know what political stuff is? You know what politics is? It's nothing more than my opinion and your opinion. Uh, it's not about opinion. It's about the Word of God. Somebody shout, we are. Fighting and carrying on. If you're supposed to wear a mask, if you're not supposed to wear a mask. Well, they're wearing a mask, so I can't go down that aisle and shake their hand. Ah, let's get that stuff out of here. We are brothers. Everybody shout offense. Man, my dad, he loathed. He could not stand if us boys were fighting. Could not stand it. And man, we would get worn out if he caught us bickering and fighting. Why? Because we're one family. We're one family. We're brothers. And, uh, and there would be some times he would just wear us out, and rightfully so. And there would be other times, I don't know why he did this. I thought it was torture. We'd be fighting and carrying on. There was three of us. I'm the oldest of, of uh, 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 three boys. And, uh, you know, anybody, anybody here the oldest sibling in your family? And we, we think that mom and dad, you know, was stricter and, and harder on us. And, and then the middle child, my middle brother, he, 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 he thought he got no attention. You know, everybody, Shad's the oldest, you know, he's dad's pet. And, and, and Gabe, he's the, he's the baby, you know, he's spoiled. And, and uh, uh, so, man, he was wild. And, man, he got worn out. But, but it was always, it seemed like there was always two against one. And uh, just nonsense and, and fighting and bickering. And, and over stuff that don't make it don't matter to a hill of beans and we let that creep in and, and uh, we can't even hug our brother's neck because we, their opinion's different than ours and their personality's different from mine and, and all three of us brothers we don't have the same personality we don't look alike and uh, we have some of us have the same interest and somebody always doesn't have the same interest and, and just like this house tonight and, and there is not one of us in this building, in this congregation tonight that is going to agree on everything. Can I get an amen? amen? 
We're going to have difference of opinions. We're going to have different opinions. We're going to have different personalities. But at the end of the day, me and my brothers, we would, we would fight. My dad would say, hug your brother and kiss him on the cheek. I think I'd rather have the whipping, you know? Why is he doing that? That is torture. Let me tell you tonight, it's not worth fighting your brother and sister for. It's not worth holding that grudge for. Ah, if we could just hug one another's neck and know that we are brothers. We need a Psalm 133 spirit in this place. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And I'm almost done. It was November 14th, 1970 in Huntington, West Virginia. Anybody heard of Marshall University? My hometown. And uh, 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 November 14th, 1970. Marshall football team was coming back from East Carolina, and uh, it was kind of the weather like it was today driving in here, kind of gray and rainy, and the visibility was bad, and, and it was starting to get dark. Anyway, the pilot, the pilot missed the runway and, and crashed into the side of that hill, and uh, all 75 members of that charter jet perished that night. Every football player, every sports information guy, all coaches, everybody, all 75 members perished that day in that plane crash. The worst plane crash, the worst fatality in U.S. sports history, November 14th, 1970. Devastated my hometown. Devastated and and uh, uh, but 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 they weren't through. I mean I mean yes that was such a tragedy. But 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 still the athletic department said we can't we can't stop here. We got some freshmen that didn't make the trip and and surely we can build a team back up. And and uh, I don't know I don't know we, we we don't have the we don't have the support we don't have the morale and and it took a lot of fighting with the NCAA. But but you know what they did they built a football team up and uh, they weren't very good but they won a game here or there you know in the 70s and and then the 80s you know they were mediocre and in and 1989 in division two um, they were in the championship game and and uh, in the 90s they become the winningest program in the NCAA in, during the 90s they went from ashes to glory and it is an amazing, isn't it? It's not a coincidence that you sang that song tonight. Up from ashes, hope will rise. And I want to tell you here tonight, yes, people have, may have left and maybe people have not come back from a pandemic. We don't know what they're going to do. But the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name. Every time these doors are open, if it's just two or three of us, we're going to gather together and God will be lifted up. Everybody say, we are. Brothers, could we stand all over this house? So if you go to a Marshall football game, they literally went from ashes to glory. Tell yourself, prophesy to yourself right now. Say, God is not through with us yet. Get that down in your spirit. We are brothers. We are sisters. We've got to love one another. I love my, I need you. I don't know if you need me, but I need you. 
You are important to everybody that is sitting on these pews, everybody that has breath in this place. We're alive. There is a purpose. You're still here for a reason. If the devil wanted to knock you out, he would have killed you a long time ago, but he can't. So if you go to a Marshall football game and during a timeout, one side of the stadium will say, we are. The other side of the stadium will say, Marshall, Brother Bobby, he played for Akron. Did you experience that in Huntington? One side of the stadium would say, we are. The other side of the stadium would say, Marshall. You know what they were saying? That no matter how bad it was, we overcame a tragedy because we started from just two or three. And as long as you have two or three, no matter what hell or high water may come our way, we are Truth Tabernacle. I said we are, shout we are, Truth Tab. Oh, come on, can you say it again? We are Truth Tab. Watch this one. We are brothers. Can lift up our hands all over this building. assemble together but it's another thing to assemble together in unity behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity I lost my dad you know I lost my dad in September and I don't know if it was because we were on lockdown and the pandemic and I had COVID and I was stuck at home. And uh, you want to talk about messing with your mind. You know? Did I get a witness? The devil starts playing with our mind and get all depressed. I literally, after my dad passed and I come back home for three weeks, I was in such depression. I'm not giving glory to my to my situation. I'm just telling you, giving you a testimony. So depressed. Could not get out of the bed. I couldn't. I tried. I didn't want to be like that. Felt like I was all alone. Could not. I showered like three times in a week and a half. That's horrible. I'm a big guy. I need a bath every day. Could not get up, could not pray. Severely depressed and dark. God, please. David was in a cave in a slew of despondency. He said, oh, if I had the wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to be like that in that dark place. I couldn't lift my head there was a brother. I was missing my dad. He was a born again child of God, full of the Holy Ghost. He's dancing with Jesus right now, but still I got that offense in my heart and I was so sad and depressed. Didn't want to be like that. 
and I was praying and, and I texted. I texted Brother Hadamal and this is all I said. I said, I miss my dad. You know what your pastor did? He called me immediately and ministered to me. I needed that. I needed a brother. We can't do this thing. We can't walk this thing alone. Ah, I need you. You need me. Everybody say we are brothers. Can I tell one thing? I'm trying to close. I'm so sorry. So, so David's son, Absalom, you know, he, he uh, undermined his dad. And, and uh, he flirted with the congregation when, you know, under David, behind David's back. And, and you know, he stole the hearts of the people. And uh, Absalom, he was mad because, because his, his half-brother raped his sister. And he was mad because David didn't do anything. He didn't do anything to Amnon. And he said, I'm going to take, take matters into my own hands. And he invited all the kings and Amnon to come. And he murdered his half-brother. And he had so, so much revenge and hatred and bitterness and, and vengeance. And, and he, couldn't, he couldn't just, I mean, he, he couldn't get rid of it. He, he had to do something. Well, David's chief advisor is Ahithophel. And thank you for standing. This is, this is so powerful. David's chief advisor is Ahithophel. And Ahithophel, the Bible says that, that every time that David went to him for counseling and for advice, that the man was always right. He always had the perfect strategy. David, he was part of David's uh, inner circle, and he was David's chief advisor. But, but Ahithophel, he went and, and he followed Absalom. Why in the world is he following Absalom? Why, after being friends with David all these years, he betrayed David. And, uh, uh, but David had a better friend than Ahithophel, and, and, uh, and Hushai he went to Absalom and, and he said, don't listen to Ahithophel, you know, and, and I'm a better friend than, to David than Ahithophel. So, so Absalom, listen to, listen to Hushai after the Bible says that Ahithophel, he was always right. Ahithophel, he left and he went and hanged himself. He committed suicide. Well, why that? I mean, that don't make sense. Well, Ahithophel, he had a son named Eliam and and Eliam had a daughter named Bathsheba. And Ahithophel carried around so much vengeance. He carried around so much hatred and so much bitterness because he had a great son, great grandson that died because of David's sin. And let me tell you, some things are the Lord's. The power's God's. The glory is God's. The tithe is God's. I can't touch that one. And I, all I know is, is if you give, the Lord will bless you. He will pour you out a blessing. He will open up the windows of heaven. And another thing that's God's is the man of God. So don't you dare go, if the man of God tells you something, don't you dare go behind his back and try to flirt and win the congregation behind his back. Oh, it won't end pretty. But if you can stay submitted to the man of God, because the man of God is God's. Let me tell you something else that is God's. Vengeance is mine, say 
saith the Lord. So Ahithophel, he was working all these years. He had the perfect opportunity. Ah, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell Absalom how to get David. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell Absalom where, where his next move is. And uh, because it didn't work out that way, because he held on to that vengeance and uh, it drove him nuts and, and uh, everything that he lived for, he went and hung himself. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But let me tell you what else is the Lord's. Mercy is the Lord's. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. David found an altar of repentance and the Lord showed him mercy. If you in this place tonight, under the Holy Ghost, under the Holy Ghost, if you can let go of that bitterness in this hand, the Lord, because it's His, will give you mercy. Whatever your situation is, I don't know what your family life's like. I don't know if they abandoned you or rejected you, but if you can just let it go. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. There's mercy in this house, all over this building. Come forward. Whatever you need from God, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers I need you make things right tonight is your oil stale you want to know what's good and what's pleasant it's the ointment on Aaron's head it's the anointing oil <laughs> it'll change the whole atmosphere of this church change the whole atmosphere of this community let it go tonight. Let it go tonight. Oh, the devil, he has fought me so hard this week for this. Ah, but he's a loser. Ah, 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 give the Lord all my revenge, all my bitterness. Mercy is here.